ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Welcome in. It's the Wednesday, May 30th edition. Your drive begins now here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's our usual Wednesday. We have a conversation with the voice of the West Virginia Power, and that's happening here in about 10 minutes. So we're going to do that. Also, we'll get your phone calls in later on. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255 to be a part of today's edition. And I was told earlier today it was a slow sports day. And I'm starting to believe that. I was told by our public works director here in Huntington as, um, first of all, it's pretty impressive when you can drop an email to your public works director and within not even a 24-hour period, on scene with a squad of city workers getting stuff done that you need taken care of. So, first of all, I know sometimes people just say not nice things about your public works uh, in Huntington, anywhere, but, uh, hey, I got taken care of pretty good today. So uh, I want to say that thanks uh, to those folks uh, who took care of me. But uh, our uh, our public works director, Jim Ensco, does a fantastic job, said, hey, it's a slow sports day anyway. Yeah, it kind of is a little bit. But uh, I think we got it covered, of course. Uh, yesterday was a little bit more exciting. We were going over what happened with the Conference USA rule change. Not so much a rule change, more of a way they're going to do the scheduling. So, in effect, changing it up a little bit. And, of course, still in the afterglow of John Elmore coming back to play basketball at Marshall. That's an exciting combination. Just to think about getting back to the NCAA tournament, the stakes are higher now. Everything got bumped up. And then you're getting a new scoreboard. Small improvement to the Henderson Center. Still an improvement nonetheless. Uh, I know they're making some really drastic changes in RUP. Changing seating configuration, they're going to have more of the the boxes, the suites, try to uh, – have more points of revenue, not so much trying to have uh, more people in the arena, trying to make it still comfortable for the fans, give fans a little bit more opportunity to enhance their experience. Is that the new frontier now? Is that going to be the new frontier for Marshall? If a new stadium ever gets built, new basketball arena ever gets built, are we looking at the new arms race as not seeding? It probably, this is the old arms race, really. The new arms race, of course, is the amenities. And basketball could use some amenities. I think that's fair. Right now, here are your amenities at the Henderson Center. And this is no fault of anyone in the current administration, so I'm not picking on anybody. But you get limited restrooms. You have... One room, it's basically a coat room and a little get-together room for folks who are part of the Big Green. And that's it. That's your amenities. Uh, Your point of sales could use refreshing, and you could have all kinds of opportunities for uh, luxury suites, boxes. I don't know how you make that happen in the current configuration in Henderson Center without a massive rework. But is that going to be... 
the next step for Marshall basketball? If this thing keeps going, how exciting is it if this thing keeps going? There's got to be more changes. I mean, you've got to keep up with the program. And, of course, I'm not talking just the fan comfort as well. You've got to also make sure that you've got great facilities. Make sure locker rooms always going to have to be refreshed. Always got to do that. What kind of training facilities are you going to have for basketball? What kind of, you know, you're going to have to have a eventually a practice facility. That's always uh, the next step in escalating, making sure that you have a first-class practice facility for these kids. They can go and work out, go into a controlled environment. How would that work at Marshall, though? Because not necessarily you're going to have that many seats at the practice facility. And Marshall is pretty famous for letting you come in and actually watch parts of practice. So it might be just a different experience for you whatsoever. Still, what's going to be next? you got the scoreboard coming. You know, do you come up with some new seating arrangements? Do you reconfigure seating a little bit more? I always hope and wish they could have bolded in a little bit more in the Henderson Center. And again, if you're saving your P's and Q's and making sure that every penny you're, you're putting back is maybe going towards something different, if you're, if you're saving, you're mining everything you have, what is more important to you? You know, upgrading the current facility or, you know, getting a new facility? I think ultimately you get a new facility, but that's down the line. I still think that there's a lot you can do. But the scoreboard's an improvement. You definitely want that. Basketball is right now in a good spot. I mean, there's so much upswing to basketball at Marshall. And then, of course, football. What more can you do with football? Now, the concourses definitely need work. Concourses always need work. Restrooms need work. All this that goes into making the fan experience a lot better always needs work. You always got to update. You always got to refresh. And I see hopefully in the future something that makes the game day experience a lot more satisfying, more options for you. Hey, do I want... Do I want a Philly cheesesteak or do I want the brat over here? You know, just fix up the food options a little bit more. There are so many things you can do. I know we've gotten a little off base here going from Marshall and scheduling and John Elmore coming back to, hey, let's hope that things uh, pick up for basketball. All of a sudden we're talking about so many things we can improve. We're going to turn our attention to baseball. David Kahn going to join us from the West Virginia Power we're going to get caught up with him later on. We'll open up the phone lines for you. It's a Wednesday edition of your drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan. It's ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on the drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Well, today in the state of West Virginia, it's not a good day for baseball. The weather's horrible. Thankfully, the West Virginia power don't have to worry about that. David Kahn joins us now from the power, and uh, it's pretty nasty right now in Huntington. Uh, but you don't have to worry about that, David. The weather's going to be great tomorrow. The power are taking on the Lexington Legends, and right now this losing streak the power are on, that's going to stop tomorrow, right? That's what you're going to tell me. You know, I certainly hope so. Uh, the weather is not great in Lexington either. We got rained out today, 
Uh, so we actually have a doubleheader against the Legends tomorrow, 5.35 p.m. first pitch. Um, and we're certainly looking forward to ending this losing skid. Got one of the best guys on the mound in game one, Gavin Wallace. He has not lost the decision yet this year. So all signs bode well for the power to end their losing streak. But it's certainly been a tough stretch of late. What do you attribute most of that to? Just a, a, a bad bounty or there, or is there a little bit more of an underlying trend? Uh, you know, it's a little bit of here and there. The bullpen was a bit unsuccessful in that series against Columbia. In Lexington, you just had a couple of things that really didn't go our way. We, we, we felt like we should have won three of four instead of losing three of four to Lexington. We went to Columbia. We lost two of three there. Final game got canceled. In all three games, the bullpen gave up some runs that allowed the team to come back, and we only were able to win, hold on for one of those wins. So that was a bit tough. And then Canapolis, you know, you win game one in a dramatic fashion, five to nothing, and a shutout of the best team in the league. You have all the confidence in the world, and then you get a game rained out, and then they throw their best pitcher at you in game one of a doubleheader. He shuts us down. Game two, the offense for either team really wasn't going very well, and they just happened to eke out a win. And then game three, they kind of lambast us. So it was, it, it's been a, a, a little bit of everything. Lexington last night getting the better of us as well. Uh, you know, we fought back in that one, tied it at six in the fifth. And then Lexington got six unanswered to win 12 to six. So you look at it and you kind of just go, look, this season is going to have ups and downs. They're going to have good stretches, going to have bad stretches. The Power really haven't had a bad stretch yet. They've had a couple of bad games in a row, but nothing's really strung together. Right now is just a bad stretch, and it's coming at a pretty, a pretty inopportune time. You know, we've lost nine of our last 12 games, but we're now six and a half back in the playoffs race with 19 games to go. So not out of it, but certainly an uphill climb because we're now in fourth place. Yeah, and um, Kannapolis still continues to win. Lakewood has come on really strong as well. So the top teams are getting better, it seems. They definitely are. And, you know, we played Kannapolis, and you talked to some of the guys after playing Kannapolis, and they said, you know, they're an impressive team, but they certainly feel like they could hang with that team. The home runs have really just been a major issue for us. Uh, Luis, Con- or, yeah, Luis Gonzalez had a heck of a series against, the West Virginia power for Canapolis out of the leadoff spot. He just continued to barrel the baseball up and hit home run after home run after home run. It was just unreal to watch him play. Uh, Blake Battenfield was a stud for Canapolis in that one game where he held the power to three hits over six innings. And, you know, Canapolis is really good, but the team feels like they can hang with those guys. And it showed in a 5 nothing shutout that they won on Friday when we had a rookie starter making his first full-season debut and Cody Bolton, and he shut down the best team in the league for five innings and had a career-high eight strikeouts. So, you know, while Kannapolis might have, you know, the edge right now, the the signs are there that this power team is capable of hanging with a team like Kannapolis. And while the first half may be getting less and less out of reach in terms of getting a playoff spot, this team definitely feels like it has the opportunity either at the end of the first half or in the second half to you know, stay strong, make a run, continue to come together and continue to work on some things because you're going to go through the ebbs and flows of a minor league season. That's just what happens. Losing 9 of 12 towards the end of the first half is not ideal, but you get through this stretch now and it, it makes you better as a team because you struggle together as a team and you are able to come out of it as a team as well. Now, the bullpen's going to have to regroup a little bit because we did just have one of our best guys go up to Bradenton, Blake Wyman, 
getting promoted earlier today. I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal with West Virginia. 1-0 with a 1.29 ERA in 14 appearances. His last 10 and a third did not allow a run. So, it, you know, that's a tough loss for the power bullpen. But you got Joel Cesar back off the DL. Hopefully some more guys coming off the DL soon. And maybe some other guys coming up from extended spring training that will help re-solidify this power team. David Collins, our guest, West Virginia Power. So how's the schedule look as far as opportunities to maybe get back into that race? I know Kannapolis was uh, one of those moments where if you could get them, it definitely would have helped your chances. But does this schedule offer any more opportunities like that, or pretty much we're playing out the string here, it feels like, in the first half We're pretty much playing out the string here. We've, we do not play Lakewood again in the first half. We do not play Kannapolis again in the first half. Our, our remaining series are right now in Lexington. Then we go to Greensboro, who's behind us, so it would be nice to have some distance between us and them, but that's not going to help us climb in the standings. Uh, then we come home and play Lexington again. Then we go on the road, play Hickory, who's behind us, and Augusta, who's in the other division. And then we close with three at Delmarva. Now, we were looking at that series for a while as what could potentially decide the first half. Delmarva's really taken a, a turn for the worse as well. So that might be a battle for second place in the first half, which could end up mattering because if Kannapolis does win both halves, then or Lakewood does or anybody else, it's the team who has the best overall record in second place in like with the next best overall record combined between the first and the second half. So getting second place in the first half, even if we don't make the first half playoff push, could still impact us in the second half with possibly getting a wild card playoff spot. What's the mood of this team right now? With um, with all of that still in play, there still are opportunities. So what's the mindset right now for uh, the remaining games, at least this first half? You know, they're still pretty positive, and, and it's, sometimes it, it is tough to kind of stay positive when you're in a losing streak like we are right now, but this team still believes that they can hang with anybody in the league, and I think that first win against Kannapolis that I touched on makes it easier for this team to stay positive because they know they can hand the best team in the league a loss like that. Uh, obviously, you know, there's some, some tough stretches that some of these guys are trying to work through, but Overall, the clubhouse is still optimistic. You know, this team is still growing. This team is still young. And they're in game number 49 of the season now. For most of these guys, this was the end of their year last year, and now they're just getting towards the tail end of the first half. So they kind of have to adjust, get through this little grind period, and then you might see this team kind of dig itself out towards the end of the first half, hopefully the second half. David Cohn, our guest from the Power. So the weather getting you today. Um, got a doubleheader tomorrow, and – Lexington, if if you're going to get healthy on anybody, this is probably the team you might want to do it with. Well, yeah, and they're they're an interesting team because Lexington has the ability to put up 12 runs in a game like they did yesterday, but they also have the ability to get shut out. Um, I mean, they're a very streaky team. They hit a lot of home runs, but really that's the, the barrel of their offense. Once they get going, they're able to put a lot of runs together, but if you don't ever give them the opportunity to kind of build any momentum – they're a team that kind of falls apart a little bit. And if you get to their starters early, like we did yesterday against Carlos Hernandez, that's a good deal, but then you have to attack their bullpen. And it was Lexington yesterday who attacked our bullpen versus us doing the opposite. So the opportunities to get on Lexington and really you know, take them down are there. You just have to execute. So when the power come back home, 
still plenty of things uh, left for power fans to enjoy. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what's coming up here. First of all, we got to go back and talk a Legends of Wrestling night. We have to. Um, how much barbecue sauce was sold? Do you think? How much did Jim bring up with his, his famous barbecue uh, well, sauce? Jim, Jim brought a ton, and I didn't see any of it leave. So uh, let's just say a lot was sold. Uh, it was a very popular night. Uh, Jim is a absolute gem to work with, talk with. Even though the game was rained out, he sat out there in the rain for two hours, signed autographs. For all the fans of the ballpark, every last fan who wanted an autograph got an autograph. Jim took pictures. He spoke with a bunch of fans. And there was one thing that I, I like to bring up. Uh, so Jim actually had a VIP session for several members uh, of the the fan base that uh, Jim actually had a question posed to him by uh, a fan who deals with cerebral palsy. And he went up to Jim, and, and, and I was actually standing right next to him, uh, and Jim said, hey, Mr. Ross, uh, I'd like to be a broadcaster one day, but I have cerebral palsy. Uh, what do you recommend for someone with my condition? And Jim looked at him and goes, I don't recommend anything. You can be a broadcaster. You know, you just have to put in the work and the effort. You having cerebral palsy doesn't mean you can't be a broadcaster. That's, that's not going to hold you back. What's going to hold you back is you're not putting in the effort to do so, but, but you can do it. You just have to want it more than anybody else. And and it was a really powerful moment, and a lot of people were kind of taken aback and stunned by the the moment of what he said. And and the kid was nearly brought to tears, and you know it was it was a really really impactful moment. I was sitting right there, and it was I mean I I felt my heart tug to the heartstrings really like immediately. And Jim even tweeted about it later on his own personal account. He talked about it later, and. You know, it was a really great moment, and, and I think he really inspired a lot of people, especially the young man who asked the question. So Jim Ross Day is going to be a thing every year, I hope. Right? <laughs> you know, we, we would certainly love to make that happen. Uh, I can't guarantee that, but Legends of Wrestling Night will be here to stay. Just get some, and hopefully weather will permit next year. Let's get some in-ring action as well up there. Come on. But, you know, you, you got to have some of that. Just a little run in now and then. I mean, you know, hopefully the weather holds up and we play baseball next year. But if you, if you want to, you know, help uh, sponsor a boxing ring, I, I don't I don't see why we can't make that happen. You know, um, there could be a a match or two we could book for this. There- I mean, look, I'm not saying it can't happen. Yeah, I'm just saying that uh, it 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 could be in the works for next year. Who knows? Okay. Uh, we we certainly you know we certainly have to to lay privy to baseball first, but fair. Uh, if we can if we can find a way to do it and put a boxing ring somewhere and and set up a match, I'm sure we'd get a lot of a lot of interested fans. See now he's thinking. David Kahn's our guest from the West Virginia Power. So um, what can top that? What do you got coming up that's going to top that or at least be on par? Yeah, so we've got. A, another series with Lexington when we come back Tuesday through Thursday. Tuesday is a two-for-Tuesday, two for, Tuesday, uh, two for one concession special. There's always a, a great fanfare opportunity. Wednesday, another Pets in the Park night, so you can bring your pets, your dog, cat, fish, snake, whatever you would like, you know, bring it out to the ballpark. And Thursday, I know, Paul, you're always looking forward to this. It's uh, Thirsty Thursday at the ballpark. So uh, we'll be uh, in giving out $1 12-ounce beverages, $2 16-ounce domestic cans, and uh, all will all will have a wonderful time. College students get in 
uh, $2 off with their college ID at the box office. So all the college students that are home in Charleston now for the summer, come on out to the ballpark, you get $2 off with your college ID. I'm just looking out for the fans, man. Anybody who uh, listens to the show, I, I know the audience. I'm just looking out, man, for Thirsty Thursday. Trying to help them out. And no, it's, I mean, look, it, it's a great promotion, and, and we, we certainly get a lot of buzz on Thirsty Thursdays, and, and we certainly welcome all of the, the college students that were in Morgantown or Huntington or anywhere else to come on down and enjoy some baseball for the summer. All right, be, be honest with me. Pets in the park, I know that's a baseball thing now, but how many people are showing up with their pets? No, a, a, a really good amount, honestly. I don't have the exact numbers, but we, we do have a, a fair amount of fans that show up with their pets in the park. And there are actually a lot of players that have their pets in town. You know, their girlfriends or their parents have the pets, and they'll bring them down for pets in the park night and, and show up with the pets as well. And it's really great because we, we get to partner with the, the Fixum Clinic, and, and, you know, the Fixum Clinic holds adoptions at the ballpark. Um, we have an opportunity for all of the uh, $3 pet passes to go to an animal-related charity. And, you know, it's really just a lot of different opportunities that Pets in the Park presents for us. But we have a lot of different animals that have come out, mostly dogs and cats, but we've seen we've seen a couple different animals come out as well. And since you're, you're selling them a pet pass, that's, that's counted as attendance, right? That's going to help you guys win the <laughs> attendance race? Yeah, of course. Of course it is. Get, so you didn't think of that. Now you have. Now you have. Now there's another thing I've offered to this power organization to help you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. No problem. So you're having. See, that's that's what we love about you because you know, you've. We never knew if uh, if Adam Marco, the guy before you, was with us on the on because he just had that dry sense of humor. We never know. I know right. with you, you're you're right there with us. You're buying oh, into I this sure madness. Am. I'm 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 all about the madness. Yeah, this is probably this is probably one of my favorite segments of the week, just because we get to have this kind of fun and uh, and just be silly now and then. David Kahn's our guest from the West Virginia Power, so uh, legends are coming back to town after you take care of business there, and then uh, after that you won't be back until June fifteenth, sixteenth. So uh, we're getting close to that first half. Um, how you feeling as far as um, power representation here coming up in the first half in the All Star break? You know, I, I think we're gonna. I think you're gonna see a couple power names on the All Star list. Uh, I certainly think Calvin Mitchell deserving of an All Star nod. Uh, you might see guys like Deion Stafford or O'Neal Cruz get a nod. I, I could see Evan Pachota getting a, a nod as well. Maybe guys like Gavin Wallace or uh, or Domingo Robles uh, coming out in the month of May and really showing up. But I mean, there's plenty of guys that are deserving of a nod. There's only so many spots, so. Uh, I certainly think that there will be plenty of power names in Greensboro at uh, First National Bank Field with the power go after this uh, when the All-Star game comes around on June 19th. And really excited to see the power represent themselves in Greensboro uh, at the All-Star game. And, and I, I honestly, you know, this team, as we talked about at the beginning of the year, they're really young, they're inexperienced in terms of professional baseball. So I think, you know, getting out of the first half with an above 500 record, making yourself competitive in the playoff race, I think those are the, the two goals this team set themselves for the first half, and I think they've hit them pretty well. David Collins, our guest from the West Virginia Power. David, uh, much success getting those games in, and uh, let's hope we're talking about some winners next week, uh, especially against Lexington. Certainly hope so, Paul. Thanks again.
That's David Kahn. You can find out more by going to wvpower.com. We come back and we'll open the phone lines up for you. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. we got more on the way here. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Rare opportunity for you to be a part of the program. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Listening to ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't forget, you can always listen to us online. All you have to do is go to our website, wrvc.com. You can listen to the stream that way. Also, here's a hack for you. If you tell your Alexa right now, you just say, Alexa, Play WRVC AM. She'll pull it up on TuneIn. Play it for you right there. So if you've got an Alexa, all you have to do is do that, and it's ready to go. Or you can actually build your own skill. I'm not going to get into that. It might be a little too advanced for some. But you can actually build some skills in here, and you can program it. So if you just want to program the stream, and then you can call the station whatever you want. There you go. You're all set to go. So. Not been touching on it as much, but I thought we should get into it just a little bit today. It seems now that several NFL owners are kind of fessing up to the fact that President Donald Trump really put the pressure on them over the anthem protest. I don't know if this is out of character or not. I'm not surprised. You're not surprised. He's been railing on this. But to really go after them, not just publicly denounce them, but actually put some little pressure on them. Of course, this I thought this was a dying issue until the NFL came out with their national anthem policy. The issue was they didn't have anything truly firm in place to dictate conduct. And players were taking knees. They were protesting, not the flag, but they were using this as an opportunity to protest. And it seems that the owners now are a little fearful of the president to the point where it's influenced what they're doing. This is a public entity influencing a private organization on the national anthem, right or wrong. So I think that the policy is going to be in place for a while, but the owners are backtracking just a little bit saying, look, um, we kind of had to do this. They've alluded to this, that, yeah, we've kind of had to do this. But at least there's some testimony out here now. Not so much alluding, but really giving this a a face. There were some depositions taken in relation to Colin Kaepernick's grievance case against the NFL. According to the testimony of Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, Trump, he pretty much told the NFL... He said that he had it by the balls. Quote was, this is a very winning, strong issue for me. And Jones said that the president told him in the phone call, tell everybody, you can't win this one. This one lifts me. This one's lifting him. I'm just imagining Leonardo DiCaprio lifting Donald Trump up like he's Kate Winslet that image right now. This is lifting him up. Celine Dion music. 
the image I have right now of this. It's disgusting. So um, here's a report from uh, Wall Street Journal on this. Um, this is from Miami Dolphins uh, owner, Stephen Ross. I was totally supportive of the players until Trump made his statement. I thought he changed the dialogue, is what he said. Now, you've got the owners like Ross, Jerry Jones. You've got Texas owner Bob McNair. They're all testifying that the anthem protests have hurt their bottom lines. Now, what is that attributed to? How much is that fans avoiding the NFL? How much of that is the fans saying, look, we don't like the protests, so we're not watching football? Or how many of those fans are saying, you know what, we're, we're, we're going to stay with our – we're going to stay with Cop, uh, Colin Kaepernick. We're going we're gonna to band together with him. Um. How much of that? How much of that is revenue going up for the NFL? Um, because, well, it costs a lot to get into a game. How much of that? What What's the real correlation here? What's the – where do you put your finger on this and say, okay, here's the real reason? Because a player protesting makes me not like the player if I'm against what he's doing, Right? I'm not going to stop being a Bengals fan because one person I mean, bring that down to the college level. What if you have a kid protesting? How much of that are you going to take out on the university? You tell me. But NFL is a little bit different. We've got grown men who are uh, getting paid really nice amounts of money, even the ones who are making league minimum. They're getting paid better than us. And this had died down, though. This really had died down. He began protesting Kaepernick. He protested back in August 2016. And not really many people were doing protests. And then the president jumps in, absorbs all that outrage, uses it as a, 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 a talking point for him. And now you got more protesting, which added to the rage and the fuel, the fire. I mean, directly because of that. But at this point, it died down. Some reports indicate that fewer than 10 players were still protesting. And it was kind of withering. It was kind of almost, nobody's doing this anymore. Okay, they've done it. This isn't a thing. And then the NFL comes out. Okay, here's the policy. And now... You can protest in the locker room. If you want to protest, you can protest in the locker room. I would have just, I would have held the players out of the field of play until all of that stuff's over with. I'm serious. I don't need the players out there. I wouldn't subject them to that. Get all that nicety stuff out of the way. Get the anthem out of the way. Get everything else. You know what I'm talking about. That happens at a football game. Just get all that out of the way and then bring the team on the field. Let's go. I know. They, they got to wait somewhere, right? Have them wait in the locker room. Get them ready to go. Okay, preparation. All right. It's, okay, it's t- five minutes. You got to hit the field. Let's go. 
Five-minute countdown. Get everybody ready, and then they run out onto the field. There you go. Let's play some football. Now, pros are a little bit different. Uh, you welcome the visiting team, and then uh, you have your starting lineup announced for your team, depending on where you're at. I say, okay, uh, here's um, you have all that, have the anthem, have everything, and then let's have the teams come out. All right, let's play football. There you go. Because really, until all this was happening, how many of you were really paying attention? How many of you were really paying I mean, in television, especially television, how many of you were really invested in the playing of the national anthem? And if I go to a football stadium this week, if they're playing a game, use that just as a, a light example here. Let's say we're playing a football game. I go to the stadium. How many people are on their phones during the national anthem? Come on. Ordering beer. Hot dogs. Nachos. Come on. Come on. So it's just interesting. This is still a issue in the NFL. And that the president's kind of using this as uh, fuel for um, his cause. 304-399-8255 is our local number. Our toll-free number is 877-420-8255. More on the way. It's The Drive. It's ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You know, one of my fascinations is always the ongoing television wars. We don't have radio wars like we used to. We need some. I'm going to start one. But until then, I mean, keep an eye on everything that's going down with the WWE, what's happening with Fox. Hollywood Reporter has got a, a pretty good story right now. You know how Fox got a hold of the WWE? And they let let UFC go. ESPN grabbed that. And I wonder if um, ESPN maybe used the same tactic that uh, the Fox Smarts did. The smart people, those guys. Get this. So when Fox was in the meeting with WWE, there at the Fox headquarters, and you had WWE executive Stephanie McMahon, her husband, Triple H, the game. And yet some other WWE representatives, they're all there. And they're here in the pitch. And then you got the big wigs from Fox. You know, you got the CEO, Peter Rice. You got uh, Eric Shanks, the uh, Fox Sports executive. And Larry Jones also. Uh, you've got uh, Rupert Murdoch. He's hanging out. So how does Fox get this deal? Which has been a staple of USA Network and NBC Universal, part of their programming for, for almost the entirety of the network. This is, um, this is how it happened, according to this report. So Fox drops the, the number. You know, over five years, it's going to be over. And they also, I guess they cut a promo. If you're a wrestling fan, you know what I'm talking about. They cut a promo on NBC, yeah, and their commitment. I mean, that's smart. If I'm in the room and I'm negotiating, I, I might cut a promo too on somebody. It comes down to this. Um, 
Rupert Murdoch told WWE that, hey, NBCU, NBC Universal, embarrassed by your product. Embarrassed. They did not really embrace you. So now, I'm just pointing this out because you're going to see studio show. They're, they're going to have studio programming now for WWE on Fox. FS1. You're going to see all that. That's coming. You're going to see promotions. You're going to see cross promotions on all your different network programming. Hey, Joe Buck could be hyping up the next Ronda Rousey match on SmackDown. Here it is. All these networks are clamoring for live sports programming. All of them are looking for this because live sports programming is better suited than sometimes dramas, pre-recorded programming, because it's live, it's real. And when I say real, I mean it's uh, it's happening. Wrestling's not real. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrestling's not real. But there are athletes. I will I will say that. So you're going to see all this stuff now. And it's just interesting to see the Fox brand just throw themselves on the WWE brand. Fox Sports, they're going to be promoting this hard and heavy. And I'm kind of curious to see how the UFC, how their presence increases on ESPN. How's that going to work out? Who got the better deal here? Did the WWE get the better deal? Did the UFC, did ESPN, did Fox? Who got the better deal here? But I still love that, that they're embarrassed by you. They're embarrassed about you. They don't, they, they're ashamed. If I'm NBC Universal, you know what I would have done? I would have put that stuff on NBC Sports Network. Because the only time I turn on NBC Sports Network is to watch hockey. That's it. I don't watch any of their other programming. I don't go to them for any of their their affinity shows. I don't even watch their bowling card games. Whatever. What I don't know. Their auctions, their car auctions, whatever. Yeah. Dog shows. No, don't watch that. You want to build that network? I would have slapped wrestling right over there. I would have had ancillary programming. I would have co-branded with the WWE. Would have been in all over that if I'm running NBC Sports Network because I'm going to pull somebody. Somebody's going to tune in. I could have like a two, you know, I could have a Tuesday recap show. You have NFL Live on ESPN. You have all these other daily shows. I'm having WWE Live. I'm doing it. I'm putting it all together, and I'm promoting the heck out of that. Heck, maybe Conference USA should get a deal with the WWE. Just get the product out a little bit more. I don't think they can do that. But that that would be what I would do. I would jump all into this here. So uh, it's interesting to see how this is playing. And then, um, you know, ABC is not going to carry the Indianapolis 500 anymore. And I didn't even know the Indianapolis 500 was on. Why? Because nobody talked about it. Ratings are down on that. And then you get the NBA just blowing up ratings-wise. I'm curious to see where that goes for Game 1 of Golden State and 
LeBron. Not Cleveland. Golden State versus LeBron. Game one. We'll have it for you coming up on Thursday. It's going to be over on our sister station, Cat Sports, 93.3 and 1340. Uh, we've got hockey coming up tonight. Game two. Stanley Cup Finals, Game 2. That's going to be over on Cat Sports as well. So you can tune in 8 o'clock tonight, listen to the game if you can't watch it. It's on Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens Game 2. If um, Game 1 was hype and Vegas was crazy, do they amp it up for Game 2? Now, I don't know if... They're going to get close to NBA numbers, but they're getting really good as far as people tuning in. I think people are going to can really check this out. Moving over to NBC Sports Network. So it's not – again, if I want hockey, I would go over and say, look, uh, NBC is embarrassed by your product, Gary Bettman. They're not even putting their games on their network. And you don't want to do that. NBC Sports Network is a good place for it completely. So – all that action coming up tonight. Don't forget, we got baseball action as well. That's coming up as well. We go on the air 640. Pirates coming up tonight here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Hope we get the game in. Weather's kind of been uh, pretty, pretty nasty. I don't think we're going to have any problems, though, tonight. Find out. That's coming up, and we'll have it for you. It's coming up. Here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, as uh, Cubbies and the Pirates are uh, taking each other on. Um, there was some action earlier today um, to tell you about, and right now uh, Milwaukee is a victor over St. Louis 3 to 2. Boston a winner over Toronto 6-4. It is the Arizona Diamondbacks trailing the Cincinnati Reds top of the eighth 6 to 4. Of course, Cleveland beat Chicago 9-1 to later on as well. You've got Houston taking on New York. Those the Yankees. You've got Atlanta taking on New York. Those be the Mets. Philadelphia and the Dodgers tonight. Tampa Bay and Oakland, Texas, Seattle. Oh, and Game 2 of the NHL Stanley Cup Finals between Washington and Vegas. For producer Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. This has been... The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Back tomorrow. We'll do it all over again. Until then, good night. station.